Good morning. Glad you guys are here this morning. Um, as you now know, this is Foster Care Month, so we're going to be talking a little bit about that this morning. But we're going to continue our series. We've been in 1 Corinthians um, now, for, now for several months, and we're in chapter 12. So if you have your Bibles, you can open with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, Steve uh, preached a sermon last week um, in, the, in the first three verses. So we're going to pick up this morning beginning in verse 4. So if you have your Bibles, you can read with me. Uh, again, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God who works all of them in all men. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. This last verse, verse 7 is a verse that we're mostly going to focus on this morning. And as we do so, we're going to recognize, and hopefully this morning you hear the reality of the presentation of and the power of the gospel in specifically one word that we're challenged with, and it's this word manifestation in verse 7. So let me read verse 7 again. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Will you bow your heads and pray with me? Father, we thank you for the goodness of your gospel. We praise you for the spirit that you sent to uh, to be to be deposited within our hearts as we come to know Jesus Christ and make him Lord of our lives. Lord, you have given us your spirit. And here you clearly testify and share that your plans are for your spirit to manifest himself within us for the common good. I pray right now that your spirit would move in this service and that we would experience a manifestation of your spirit within our lives in a new way that would start a new chapter and it would be a new day for who we are as a church. Because of who you are, And all that you've done on our behalf, Lord, let us live our lives seeking for the spirit to manifest the goodness of the gospel for the common good and transform the world we live in. In Jesus name. Amen. So Jesus lived his life preaching and proclaiming the gospel. Now. The gospel to us in the modern day, if we think gospel, we think maybe some would say, okay, the first four books of the New Testament, you know, or think about the message of who Jesus Christ is. But in Jesus day, the the people, the nation of Israel had not yet understood that the Messiah had come and the gospel meant throughout Old Testament history, it meant that there was there was this proclaiming in, in Isaiah. We hear this passage. We, we, we can read the passage. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim the salvation, who say to Israel, your God reigns. You see, for them, the gospel was good news because the gospel and this good news of the Messiah coming meant and their expectation was that. In Jesus day in the first century that the Roman that the Romans would be overthrown that the temples would be rebuilt and that the oppressors would be defeated. That there would be this 
act of military strength and power displayed. And once again, the nation of Israel would be freed from a ruling governance other than themselves over their nation. And this is what their expectation was when the Messiah would come and the good news would come forth that God would reign in Israel and they would be free. I would say that Isaiah's words are still true today. How beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news and who proclaim the salvation of the Lord and that he reigns. But how true is this in our lives? How true is this in the expression of how we live? You see, for Jesus, this expression was everything. He went around everywhere and all that he was about in the very core of his message was the kingdom of God is that my father in heaven reigns and his kingdom has come on earth as it would be in heaven. When his disciples asked them him to teach them how to pray, he said, pray our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And he lived proclaiming this message. This is his gospel, that the kingdom of God is now available and present here on earth as though it is in heaven. And he leads his disciples in praying that this would be a manifest reality that is experienced by the world, because that is why he came That the kingdom of God would be made available to all who desire to know it, accept it, and live in it. To live a life empowered by the kingdom of God. Now, if you're like me, I grew up in the context of the Western church. And more in reality, I I grew up as a kid understanding that the gospel of Jesus Christ was so that I could learn to live how to go from down here and one day after my death be up there. But nowhere in Scripture is that the focus of Jesus' reality of the gospel. The focus of, of Jesus' reality of the gospel is based on the kingdom of God being manifest here on earth as it is in heaven. And we have to live in accordance with the truth of who Jesus Christ says the kingdom of God is and who he is in this kingdom. He is the prince of peace. He is the ruler in the air. Scripture says that everything is held together by the power of his name. And are we living expecting the same thing that Jesus was expecting when he was proclaiming the truth? And the good news of the gospel, because where we're not, we're not living in accordance with who he is and what we're about. We're not truly living to be his followers. But the good news for you and for me is that there is this good news for us to embrace. And this good news for us to embrace requires and invites us to a life of transformation. It invites us to a life to be lived Desiring for the spirit of God to manifest himself through each of us for the common good. For the common good of God's rule and God's reign to be realized and experienced, manifested through our lives for others. That's good news. 
That's good news for you. That's good news for 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 me. That's good news for your neighbor. That's good news for everybody that you know that the kingdom of God and Jesus desire is for us to learn to live our life desiring for the spirit to manifest himself for the good of others. And we have to understand this context before we can go further into the text, which Steve will do next week. But as we move further into the text and we look at the actual gifts of the spirit, we have to place those into the context of what we're looking at in verse seven, that God moves and he gives these gifts and he empowers and he equips and he desires for the spirit to manifest himself through you and through me, those who are called to be believers and who have the spirit of God within them, that our lives manifest the kingdom of God to other people. Do you do we see this? We hear this, right? OK, moving on. You see, the gospel is as we as we know it is this reality of us living in the reality of the kingdom and displaying and manifesting the power of God in our lives to other people. Rodney Stark, a sociologist, wrote a book about the first century church. And I'm going to just state a few different realities of what took place in this first century. You see, in 40 A.D., maybe, maybe one percent at most of the known world knew of Jesus and may have considered being a follower of Jesus. One percent. But by the year 350, nearly 56 percent of the known world came to be known as Christian. Now, what happened in this time frame for there to be this multiplication of people believing in the gospel that had hardly been heard of and was difficult to receive. You see, the world encountered something unlike that it had ever known. It encountered a community. It encountered a community of people that were living, empowered by the spirit of God, manifesting the love of God and caring for their neighbor, unlike anyone had ever done before. And Eugene Peterson writes and he says, and the world looked at the church and liked what they saw. Does that sound a little different than how the church may be described today? So what was it within this first century church that we've come so far from that the world looked at the church and liked what they saw. What was it about that first century church that was so different than than who we know ourselves to be and and the reputation that we have on the street? In that time frame, there were two significant events that took place that were that were tragedy. I, I came across this years ago in in a John Ortberg piece, and I'm just going to share with you a few um, a few of these facts as he unpacks some of this study from from Rodney Stark's book. And this this reality is is part of what happened is is that the that the people looked at the church. They liked what they saw because they saw this this Acts two church and this Acts two church was founded on this passage in in Acts two forty two. They devoted themselves to the apostles teaching to the way that Jesus lived and to the fellowship they gathered to learn. They got to know each other. And got to got to be real with one another. 
They shared what was going on in one another's lives. They confessed their sin and they wanted to have a manifestation of the Spirit of God in their lives for one another. To the breaking of bread and to prayer. And everyone was filled with awe by what God was doing in their midst. What does that sound like? What God was doing in their midst, does that sound like what your understanding and at least what my understanding of what a manifestation of the spirit of God would be like? The people were in awe by what God was manifesting within them and among them as they were living in this community together, seeking the benefit of one another, possibly at, 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 at a cost to ourselves. So this significant one of the two, these, these two significant Things that happened, events that happened in that time frame. One of them took place in 65 A.D. and the other in 251 A.D. There were there were massive epidemics. Historians think that there may have been smallpox. They wiped out a quarter to a third of the people. The population of the cities of the Roman Empire. This created so much fear in the population that an ancient writer named Dionysus says that says this. He was a general in, in general response to what most of the folks were living um, like in the Roman Empire during this crisis. They pushed sufferers away and fled from their dearest, throwing them into the roads before they were dead and treated them treated unburied corpses as dirt. Hoping to avert disease. This, these, these plagues killed so many and scared so many that the people are pushing their loved ones off into the streets to be uncared for. And to treat the unburied bodies as dirt. Then there was this community who called themselves followers of Jesus Christ. And they remember that Jesus cared for the sick. And he would touch lepers when nobody else would touch lepers. And he would heal people even though he got, he got in trouble for doing so. Even though he risked his life healing people. And now they were becoming a body that cared for those everyone else was disgusted by. And they went and they took these people in. And they cared for them. And they loved them. And they nursed them and they oftentimes held them while they died. This is what Eugene Peterson is speaking of as he says, and the world watched and looked at who the church was and they liked what they saw. They liked what they saw. Nationally, as Randall said a moment ago, we have... Nearly a half a million children in foster care. In Bartow County, there, in 2015, there were 298 children in the Bartow County foster care system. That is an average of 16 new children placed in foster care each month. And there are 75 churches comprised of 19,325 people in the Bartow County. In Cobb County, in 2015... There were 330 children in foster care system. There was an average of 43 children placed in foster care each month. And there are 278 churches comprised of 143,000 people in Cobb County. In Paulding County last year, there were 116 children put into the foster care system. There were 51 churches comprising 20,249 people. In Georgia, 
there were 11,551 children put into the system. And there are a total of 14,380 churches. I want you to hear these numbers again. In Georgia, over 11,000 children put into the foster care system. 11,000 plus. There are more than 14,000 churches in the state of Georgia. Do Do you understand there's a problem? Do you understand that there is a gap between who the gospel says it is and what it will be among the people and what the gospel is being among the people at least by our numbers this morning in the state of Georgia. If one, if, if every church in the state of Georgia cared for one child in the foster care system, problem solved. One church per child. More than enough churches to solve the problem. Yet, the problem exists. You tell me what the problem is. My question to you is, is the church of today living in the reality of who the church is called to be if we're going to be a people that present the gospel of Jesus Christ? You see, where the gospel of Jesus Christ is not manifesting itself, empowered by the Spirit of God for the benefit and the good of others, it ceases to be the gospel of Jesus Christ. When the people of Jesus Christ live for the spirit of God to empower them and for the and for the spirit to manifest himself for the good of others, then we are living toward the reality of the gospel that is presented before us. It's pretty simple. There's a problem. The problem is when the good news and the gospel isn't manifesting as good news, there's a problem. You agree? If you agree with that and see the tragedy of that for the 14,000 plus churches in the state of Georgia and how there could be a problem solved to reach those 11,000 kids in the system, right? If you can see that reality, then what does that mean for us as a church at Vintage 242? You see, the scary thing is, as Randall's pointed out to me, that that as she looked over the county numbers in the state, that northwest Atlanta and the, the counties that I just mentioned are the highest percentage ratio of foster care need in the state. I didn't know that till this week. Is it any wonder... That God in heaven, who we come here to worship and who we as the leadership say, God, we desire for you to lead us and guide us to the things that you have in store for us, has laid it upon the leadership's heart to say, this is our people group. That we as a church, that we as a body, Vintage 242, a family together are going to care for and serve. 
as though a community in the first century said, okay, we're going to take it on ourselves. I'm tired of driving into the church on my, on my donkey from my, from my farm and seeing all these bodies laying on the side of the road uncared for when my Savior reached out and touched lepers. I've got to do something. And somebody somewhere had a manifestation of the Spirit of God. And it was like that moment. If Did you grow up watching Popeye like me? Most of you are at least as old as I am, right? Popeye. And there was just a moment in time when he looked at olive oil being mis- mistreated by Brutus. And he said, I've had all I can stand and I can't stand no more. And he grabs his spinach and he squeezes it in his mouth. And next thing you know, there's a manifestation of muscles that pop out from his arms. And he goes and he beats the crap out of Brutus and frees olive oil. And there was a Popeye moment that happened in somebody's heart because the spirit moved in manifestation as they rode from their farm on their donkey to the gathering where people were gathering together and listening to the apostles teaching and breaking bread together and sharing all that they had in common and said, I've had all I can stand. I can't stand anymore. I moved to a point of compassion for these people that I see dying on the side of the road and I have to make them my people that I'm going to serve and the manifestation of the spirit of God moved in the first century church and the world had never seen anything like it. I live my life and I've given myself to a vocation desiring to participate in a church that will pursue that. My question is, will you be that church? Because so far that has not been the case. We each have a part to play. Each one of us has been given gifts. Each one of us has a role. Each one of us has some part to play. And if you're going to be a part of Vintage 242 Church, we have said that one unique slice, one little piece of the puzzle of all the world's needs and all the care around us is foster care. And it just so happens that God in heaven... I believe has directed our leadership to name that as a focus that we're going to demonstrate God's love for and try to see transformation come to, at least in our county and in our area. And so if you're going to be a part of this body, then you have a responsibility to desire for the spirit of God to manifest himself and empower you to participate in some way. If not, you need to go find another church. A church that you can invest into. And here's the reality. Not every one of us is called to be foster parents. Not every one of us is called to foster care. But if Vintage 242 is your home church, then you're a part of a body that has a calling to foster care. And so that means that your Christian life is not just about you and your specific calling, but it also includes the calling of the body that you're a part of. So you may, your primary calling might not be to foster care. But if you're a part of this body, you have a calling and a responsibility to participate And to see the Spirit of God manifest through you for the good of those who are in this body who are participating in foster care. 
The families that you saw on the screen earlier that Randall mentioned should not be in want. They should not have to beg for babysitters. They should not have to cry out for a meal. They shouldn't have to plead for a parent's night out. If we're going to be a body, that means every one of us has a responsibility. Despite your primary calling, you and I have a responsibility to care for the foster care kids in our body and the foster care families within our body. Fair enough. But what if what if there's what if there's something more? You see, primarily up until this point, we've we've had opportunities that we've asked for you to move and do certain things in to care for foster care families. And that's good. That's valuable. We'll continue to do so. But what if we as a body, what if each one of you as an individual embraced and desired and came before the Lord and said, Lord, I desire for your spirit to manifest himself through me for the good of others. And because I'm a part of vintage, that means there's some way, even though it might not be my primary calling, there is some way that you have uniquely gifted me. To bring the talents and the gifts that I have to the table and it also benefit foster care because I'm a part of a body that is about foster care. Do you see what I'm saying? So imagine this. If you are a person who grows tomato plants. Right. And likes growing tomatoes. What if you said, "Okay, God, I'm going to grow five more tomato plants this year and give the tomatoes. And provide tomatoes for the families that are doing foster care. Pretty simple, right? Is there something you can do? What I'm wanting you to hear is there there are specific things that we ask. There are specific things that we announce. There are specific ways that we invite you to come alongside and be a part of meeting needs of those who have who are caring for children in the foster care system. But there are other things that require you asking the spirit of God, what would you have me do that nobody is asking of you except the spirit of God? But if you're not asking the spirit, what are the specific things that you're calling me to do to be able to contribute to the good of the body? If you're not asking the spirit that question, how do we expect those things to come about? You see. Everybody has some unique talent and gift here. And each one of us have a responsibility to ask the spirit, what of my talents and gifts can I use for the benefit of the body? And this is just a beginning place. This is just a strategic step of God leading us to mature individually, but also mature as a body. Because if we can't bring our talents, if we can't bring the pocket change of our talents to the table For the benefit of the body. Why in the world would we expect a God who is wise to hand us the gold bars of the supernatural gifts and think that we're going to be good stewards of those? 
God has so much more in store for each and every one of us as we live our lives desiring and asking for the Spirit of God to consume us and manifest Himself for us for the benefit of others. You want to be miserable? Live life focused on self. You want to find depression? There's where it lies. You want to find joy? You want to find abundance? You want to taste life? Live in accordance with making 1 Corinthians twelve seven a desire of your heart that you're constantly asking the reality of God, the Spirit of God, to be true in your life. And if we do that as a body, collectively, friends, I believe that we will taste the goodness of what it is to love And God will see that it will demonstrate it to the world and the world will look at who we are and say and and like what they see. And there's a real fine line between making a compelling argument to say we all have a role in foster care and recognizing the reality of what foster care is as a slice of the kingdom in your life. For some, it's a larger slice of the pie than others. But if you're a part of this church, we're saying it's a slice. And God is so efficient and strategic that he invites us to be a part of a body that has called purposes and invites the body to participate in order that we can take steps of discovering what our actual gifts, supernatural gifts are. But if there's not a place for them to be demonstrated, then there's no place for them to be given because the gifts are not for you. They're for others. And if you're not bringing if we're not bringing ourselves to the table and giving what we have to the benefit and the contribution of others as they were in the first century, as they were in the Acts 2 church, then why would we expect the supernatural things to happen when we're not doing it even with the talents, the more natural things that we have to offer? So if you're an accountant, there's probably a way that you can bring accounting skills to help in the foster care problem. You may never babysit a kid. You may help the guy who just had the idea to put on a 5K run to raise finances for this band that Faith Bridge needs to be able to transport kids around. So what if everybody in the in, in, in Advantage prayed the prayer and asked God to give them the dream of what we could do to make a difference in A slice of the pie of foster care. And God's waiting for you uniquely to release the idea of putting on a 5K race. I mean, I'm a I'm a coach. I got two young boys. I coach tackle football and flag football and golf and it feels like badminton and underwater swim dancing and who knows what all it is. It seems like everywhere, I, every time I turn around, there's something I'm supposed to go coach, right? And it's a good thing. I get to spend time with these kids. But, it, you know, I'm just thinking, okay, what do, as a coach, what, what, what could I have to offer? Okay, what if, what if I offered inviting the kids in our foster care network families to come out for a couple hours of golf? 
We meet them at the range and we buy the golf balls. And my students who I'm teaching golf to on the golf team are giving lessons to these kids and, and letting them have fun and learning how to play golf. And then what if, what if there's another coach and there are a bunch of coaches in this congregation that said, hey, I'll do that with my baseball team. And then you can, we'll, we'll get somebody to transport them and take these kids from an hour of golf and learning something about golf. And then it'll be a fun day and they, they go, they'll come and they can, they can play an inning of baseball with our baseball team and everybody gets a bat. You know, and then they go from baseball. Maybe there's a soccer coach says, and then they come over and they play soccer. What if the body actually worked together and brought what you did already to the table and offered it for the benefit of the families and the kids? Do you think those kids would grow up having a view of the church and liking what they saw? Hmm. But friends. When the good news isn't manifesting as good news, there's a problem. So the good news is, I'm inviting you to let today be a, a day where you turn the page. And we step into a new reality of who we're called to be as the church. Because if we're comfortable with the reality of what we see in parallel with the statistics of the state of Georgia and the number of churches to the number of kids. And who knows what other needs there are out there. Jesus was not moved by the needs of the people. He was moved by the spirit that led him and by the voice of his father. And he said, I simply do what I see my father doing and saying what I hear my father saying. And we're saying that he is the spirit of God has led us to be a church that adopts foster care. There are a lot of needs out there. But how are you coming to the to God and asking him, what can I do? Is it grow five tomato plants? Is it help be a group of people that put on a 5K race to raise funds for whatever the need is? I don't know. And I'm not going to tell you. I'm just here to say that there is an invitation by the Spirit of God desiring to manifest Himself in you as we pursue being the church. I came across this week as I was preparing for this message a, a list of um, some notes that I had written um, a while back. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the next few minutes and I'm going to read to you. A list, a bulleted list of some of what I feel like the Lord is saying. And so I'm just going to invite you, if you will, just close your eyes for a minute and just listen to some of these things. You will only reach your full potential when you are living for the manifestation of the spirit to be given for the common good. This is where Jesus is and is waiting for you to partner with him. Only outside yourself will you find who you really are. Faith exists only with action. John Wesley said there is no holiness without social action. The American church seem to be, seems to be waiting diligent, diligently for God to show up in our church services in such a way that makes the news in the papers. That's good. I hope for that too. But revival is waiting for the church outside the walls of the church. Christianity is not about finding the presence of God in the walls of the church being slain in the spirit so I can have a miraculous encounter with God. I hope for that for you and for me. But that's not the message of the good news. 
The good news is that transformation is available to those out there. God has come down. He really is the kingdom bringer. And up there, it really is coming down here. For goodness sakes, two-thirds of God is go. Modern-day Christianity has come to us. The first century is to go to them. The first century church was a model that said go to them. Christianity that doesn't have faith and action as a part of it is not a very good news to anybody. The good news is that the plan is for is for us to go out there. Hyped up emotion is not what he's after. Mystical stories and emotional mountaintop experiences inspire people for a few days and as they try to live a better life. What we are here for as a staff and as a church is to part a new beginning to Jesus' involvement and transformation in your life. Not God, I'm living my life for you. But come and live your life through me. It's a part about ownership. Unless he becomes the owner, you will just say, you will just be involved in hyped up emotion and fairy tale hopes that aren't real reality. The interesting thing is, it's hard to be a living sacrifice. But Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Living for the manifestation of the spirit for the common good can be a tired and exhausting place, but it is where they are and therefore it is where he is out there is where you enter into the relationships with those who aren't here out there is where he moves in real ways in real lives and touches hurting people. There is a longing in each of us to be a part of who God is to the level that you have a passion to see God change lives before your very eyes. That mostly happens out there. And as long as our Christianity exists, mainly to sit inside the camp by our nice little campfires, we miss something that he is doing in the hurting world. We miss the place where the up there is coming down here. We're in the morning of a new day at Vintage 242. The day looks more like a family than it does the modern day church. In the modern day church, people come and go, shop and move on. We all look to find our answers by finding another group that does something we like about a church service and they do it better than we do. Or maybe you're here because we do it better than they did it. That's not a family. That's not who we are. Our new day here at Vintage is becoming a body, imperfect as though we may be, nonetheless becoming a body. And our effort is to not compete with other churches out there, but to be a community that exists for the gospel that brings transformation. We exist for those who aren't yet here. And when we begin to practice that in this community and we begin to literally see Jesus in their eyes, you have found a hope that will not wash off the next week in the shower. You will have stepped out of the emotional roller coaster ride of being a self-centered Christian, longing to grow more yourself. And you will become a lover of God whose heart will break for those who don't yet know him. Information alone is not enough to transform your body. The will is transformed by experience, not information. We're going to take the next few minutes. I'm going to invite the the band to come back up, but we're going to take the next few minutes and I'm just going to invite you to begin your praying process.
of asking the Holy Spirit, what would you have me do? You see, I believe that God wants to stir ideas in people's minds and and energy to go find out what the needs are within the community, the foster care community, and then stir and spark ideas of how a body could rally around and ask the questions, what if? What if a group of people actually cared enough and knew the needs and responded in action and raised funds for this? Or what if we didn't have to beg for this? Or what if God wanted to actually move among a group of people and cause the world to look at their action and say, we like what we see? Friends, I want to be a part of that body. And I believe if you've been here at Vintage... There's a kindred spirit that wants to be a part of that too. But it means change. And that's a good thing. Because you got to believe that that guy riding in that had his Popeye moment and said, I've had all I can stand, I can't stand no more. It may have been a painful experience in the moment, but it was a life-giving, spirit-induced, river of God flowing reality that he got to taste of in the kingdom of God. God wants to do the same thing today as he did then. And are we desiring to be that people? In the next few minutes, we're just going to take a couple minutes for you to begin to pray and bring your heart before the Lord and say, test me, O God. Know my anxious, hurried ways that keep me distracted from listening to you. But do this work of renewing a right spirit within me that I can be a church and I can be a person that comes before you and says, won't you empower your spirit to manifest himself through me for the good of others? And as you walk out this morning, you're going to see this big board in front of you. And on the board on the left hand side, there's rectangle sheets of paper and on those rectangle sheets of paper. There are ideas that people have already had that address needs within the system. But at one point, they were an idea that people had that got moved into something that other people could join and sign up for. So as you look at those rectangle sheets, those are things you can immediately just sign up for and be a part of. But I think more importantly, there on the right hand side of this board are these little circles And these circles are what you're going to, we're asking you to pray into. What are the things that God is stirring within you? What are the talents that you can bring to the table? In some way, though you may not make the connection, some way you can bring a talent to the table and it function with other gifts and it can be a body's response to a bigger problem. What are the ideas and the things that God stirs you to? So right now, in this next song, I'm just inviting you. Close your eyes. Bring your heart before the Lord. Invite him to lead you to the manifestation. Invite him to give you ideas. Invite you to bring a new willingness to the table.